Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 right now we're going to talk more nba with jake fisher from yahoo sports senior nba reporter over there he joins us right now jake how you doing tonight man i'm doing well i'm doing well how are you guys we're so much better now that you're here. Yeah, we're, we're jacked to talk we're some doing NBA. doing good. My man Jake Fisher wrote a book all the way, by the way, just to let you guys know. He wrote a book called Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever. So we'll get into some tanking conversation in a second because we got oh. Victor Wembanyama popping the brick for Vic. Play like, you know, for Vic. So, but we'll, that's, that's <laughs> in a second. I need to know... Because I was reading your article earlier today about the Jacques Vaughn hiring uh, to the Nets. And in order to understand the Jacques Vaughn hiring, we kind of have to understand why Ime Udoka wasn't hired. It seemed like a done deal. At one point, you called the hiring imminent, right? Uh, But then there were whispers of the league stepping in. Like, did the league block Ime Udoka from being hired? So my understanding is that, no, the league did not directly block it from happening and that they did not forbid it. But there were definitely conversations happening behind the scenes. I don't know specifics, but I do know that there was some type of communication between the league office and Brooklyn to suggest maybe this isn't the right thing to do. Jake, I know you're at MSG right now. You're getting ready for the Knicks and Pistons game. No Cade tonight. What do you thought of this Detroit team? You know, coming into the season when they drafted Ivy, they drafted Durin. A lot of people thought this would be a really fun league pass team, a nice young nucleus. What are you seeing from them early on in the season? And do you think that, you know, they're maybe a couple pieces away from contending in a year or two? I think they are a fun league pass team, but fun in that it's fun to see the young guys take steps, you know, game by game here, right? But I... Uh, I don't expect them to be a threat for the playing tournament this season. I think that was potentially the goal. I mean, everyone I've talked to on the team certainly wants to take a step forward in terms of competitiveness on a night-to-night basis. I mean, that, that's certainly why they went out and traded for Bojan Bogdanovich, but it's not exactly a team that is like the New Orleans Pelicans a year ago where they were a CJ McCollum trade away from really playing a playoff team. There's there's, there's stuff that has to be taken. And, uh, sorry, there's a lot of action here in the, in the garden. Um, I, I, I think they're 
a little bit removed from contending. I'd be surprised if this team is, you know, where Boston is now uh, in a couple of years. I, I think they're, I think they're still definitely a work in progress. Jake, even though we're ten games into the season, I'm ready to write off Minnesota. Just I was excited for them coming into the season. They bring in Rudy Gobert, and they're terrible defensively. They're giving up 115 points per game. Do you think they could turn it around? Do you think they have to maybe make a move at the deadline? Fire Finch. I, what do you see from this team right now? Why it's such a disaster early on, and they're five and seven. Well, firing Chris Finch, I think, would be a dramatic mistake. He is widely hailed as one of the better tacticians around the league, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And from just being around the team, I, sp- I randomly spent a lot of time with Minnesota Timberwolves uh, post-pandemic, and uh, he seems to really have a way about him in terms of connecting with these players and getting the best out of these guys. I think they're just – it's just going to take time to fit. I mean, it, it, it wasn't a natural fit from the jump, right? So I think it's only natural that there's going to take time to smooth out the, the, the wrinkles with an iron of whatever, you know, tactical strategy makes sense. Or just, I mean, there's a lot of ego in play here, too. Like, D'Angelo Russell's on a contract year, and Jalen Noel, even on their bench, is in a contract year. It looks like a lot of the guards finally have like a, a clear pick and roll dive big man and Rudy, and they're just using him to get their own shots. There's, there's not a lot of opportunity for synergy in the offense so far. So I, I think it'll be a work in progress. But the, you know, this was a, this was a trade made for you know three four years while you have Cat already signed and a lot of time left in Gobert's deal and Anthony Edwards still under team control for a while. So. They're not going to make any panic with the deadline. Maybe they'll tweak a thing here or there, but this is going to be their core for the foreseeable future. When you look at this team, and from what you understand with the conversations that you've been around this team, who is the centerpiece? Who is the entree? Uh, is it Carl Anthony Towns, or is it Ant, or do they think that they have two entrees, like a surf and turf kind of a thing? I'd say it's a surface turf kind of thing. That's a good. That's a good uh, final addition by you because I do think that you know, they want they want Cat and Rudy to kind of be their identity, right? Where they're digging where the league is zagging. Although we are seeing length kind of pop up at a lot of different spots with Cleveland starting, you know, their three bigs last year, and Orlando's doing the same thing. Um, so it's not totally walking out of the blue, but. For this team to really be a championship contender year after year with this makeup, it's gonna re- it's gonna be dependent on Anthony Edwards becoming a legitimate two-way star, an All NBA guy, someone who the ball is in his hands, play after play in crunch time, and, and you're confident he's gonna be able to either get you a bucket or get somebody involved. And he's just not that right now. I mean, there are plenty of nights where his kind of poor decision making, to be honest, just hasn't really been taking, you know, that next leap in terms of serving the floor, getting guys involved, getting good shots for either himself or others. He's going to be the real swing piece. The, the, the meat of that surf and turf, I think, is, is tougher to find. You can just pick any lobster. It'll be good, right? Like, I think to really get a prime cut for the typical team, he's got to be the, he's got to be the main, the main attraction. He really does. I just want to kind of ask you about something two-pronged because there's nobody more qualified in this NBA space than you to discuss tanking, right? Uh, A lot of us thought that teams like the Spurs were brazenly going to be tanking. Pop came out and said, do not bet on us to win the NBA title. And for some reason, the Spurs have become one of the most electric, exciting teams 
uh, in the league right now. So two-part question, like when you have early success and you're a team that maybe was thought to be tanking, uh, what's the strategy? How does that change? And then like what's happening in San Antonio? Because it feels like there's not Greg Popovich coaching this team, that it's a 20-year-old young coach out there with how this offense is running. There's a couple of themes, I think, that keep coming up when I talk about this with people around around the NBA. And the first is that the lottery odds being what they are now, now there's four drawings and, and it's higher odds down the board. Teams also feel like you don't necessarily have to only win 10 to 17 games to get a top pick, especially in a draft like this where it's not just one money on, but there's Scoot Henderson and the Thompson Twins and other college guys that are getting – town evaluators excited um the other thing too is that there's expected to be such a um a run on teams punting games down the stretch that teams are kind of expecting like we might just be able to get there eventually anyway like i i think this early sample size is fun and it's nice for teams like utah and san antonio even indiana i mean i know for a fact the pitch is one of the top five picks i know for a fact that the San Antonio Spurs to go to what Popovich alluded to earlier, like you said, want a top five pick. But Utah, I think they were expecting to kind of win some games here and see what maybe this veteran team could look like, what these pieces they got back could look like. Because also, they're going to rehab their trade value or boost it in some capacity. So none of these teams are finished products. I think we could certainly see Utah and San Antonio and others at the, at the you know below the playing tournament picture when we get to March. March is a long, long way away. It is, and I was going to ask you about teams like Utah and Portland. They've obviously been off to such a great start, just very surprising start. I mean, do you think they're for real, or do you think they're going to go through one of these slides that the Spurs are right now where we've seen them lose five straight? They have a lot more veteran talent and established talent than the Spurs do. The Portland's for real. I mean, they want they want to compete. Daniel Lillard is there and hoping to be – the centerpiece of a team that can get back to the Western Conference Finals like they did you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, and, you know, they went out and got a wing player in Jeremy Grant that he's been close with since Team USA. Like, this is this is a, a, a move and a team that's all moving towards trying to win games. Utah, I mean, they're for real in terms of what they're doing. I think it's sustainable. I just don't know if they're going to have – I mean, I saw Danny Ainge gave a quote to Chris Mannix at Sports Illustrated today that he's never intentionally built teams to lose games like – I don't know. He traded Ray John Rondo in December one year to Dallas, and he traded Jeff Green and all those guys right after you know he sold on KG and Paul Pierce high before they you know fell off a cliff. So I mean, I I, I personally am still expecting the Jazz to try to um, figure out a way to get down the standings because for a while after they traded Rudy, they were they were puffing out their chest and saying we're not trading Donovan, we don't want to rebuild, and then they traded Donovan. So. That's kind of where my, my head is at when it comes to the Jazz. Jake, do you think the way that the Bucks are built, they're good enough to win a championship? Because I know they did a couple of years ago, but I think the East is a little bit better. That year they beat Atlanta, you know, in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's just Giannis's usage rate is just through the roof, and I know they're playing without Middleton and Connaughton right now, but do you think they have to make a deadline move, or are they good enough to win the East? I think they will make a deadline move. One thing John Horst has proven is that he's going to be super creative working within – the confines of, I mean, the Bucks are the Bucks. They are not Cold State or Brooklyn or a team with the ability to pay and a little bit of tax bill. Yeah. Remember that Peter Tucker trade? They just, like, tweaked some protections of a pick and moved some money around, and all of a sudden they had their missing piece for that small ball unit. Like, you know, they've been linked pretty widely to Jay Crowder. I wrote today at Yahoo 
Grayson Allen's name is certainly one they're kind of weighing to see what his trade value could be. They'll make a move. I, I'm pretty certain of that. I don't know what it will be, but it, it, it looks like it'll be something in the wing rotation, the front court a little bit, even more so. Um, someone who can guard threes and fours, maybe even guard five a bit. But, well, someone has that P.J. Tucker uh, role. And we'll see how Middleton and Connaughton can get back and be healthy because right now their depth is an issue that, that people are talking about in terms of how will they be able to continue doing this in the postseason. Another team, uh, Jake, that looks like they're not done, I mean, maybe not this year, but like just holistically when I spoke with a couple of people within the Knicks organization, they were very convinced that they needed to add more talent. Obviously didn't get Donovan Mitchell, but they have like a gajillion picks. Name that keeps mm-hmm. circulating around is SGA. Like, what, what do you think? Do you think the Knicks will make a move uh, this year? Is it something that happens in the offseason? Like, wh- what do you imagine happening for them to add talent? I think if there is a star that is the next star available that either asks out or the team decides to put them on the block, and the Knicks are going to be at the front of the line just as they were for Donovan. I think they're clearly hoping that if someone, and I'm not saying that they want Kevin Durant, I'm not saying that, but they clearly want someone of that type of caliber to be the guy that they go exchange all that capital for because one consistent theme I heard throughout the organization was that they didn't want to give up all these picks for Donovan and still need to go get that number one guy somewhere else. They thought that the deal made more sense for Cleveland and that they already had Darius Garland and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. And that New York was so concerned about saving picks and, and stuff in their cupboard to go get someone else to pair with Donovan and Jalen. So I think they're, they'll be more comfortable if it's a top-tier guy that becomes available. I don't know who that guy's going to be. I don't think there would be a ton of interest from Brooklyn side of things to, to trade Kevin across the river if, ever, if things ever broke that way. And I, I honestly think Brooklyn's kind of be – going to be trending back towards a team that maybe is confident here under Jock Vaughn. And sounds like Kyrie's going to be coming back into the fold at some point soon. So I don't, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, holding here, sitting here holding hope that Kevin Durant's going to come in the New York Knicks. So I don't know who that guy's going to be, but clearly they're, they're willing to use that capital only on someone that they think is even better than Donovan Mitchell, who right now is an MVP candidate. So that, that, that leaves a slim list. Jake, real quick, got about a minute left. I just wanted to ask you about Golden State because they've been so bad on the road to start the season. They're 0-6. When you watch this team that obviously has won championships, that when they go on the road, they're used to selling out arenas. Why have they been so bad on the road to start the season? They've just been down for their standards across the board when their starters are out. They've been trying to develop these young guys in real time. Jonathan uh, Kaminga and Wiseman and Moody. I mean, they're just they're trying to give these guys trial by fire, and they're not ready in certain aspects of the game right now, Wiseman in particular. So they've been kind of sacrificing the near term for the long term and hoping one or two of these guys can pop into the next you know, player like Jordan Poole. I mean, he's clearly the centerpiece of this next era, but they're hoping someone can come be an Andre Godala 2.0 or, you know, there's someone, a Kevin, Kevin Looney 2.0 to help them continue to compete and, and provide some relief to their tax bill. Jake, thanks so much, man. Really good stuff. Thanks, my guy. Enjoy the game. I'm going to text you about that kiss capsule that's going on inside of the garden. There you go. Miss you, Trista. (laughs) Miss you, too. Jake Fisher right there, Yahoo Sports, senior NBA reporter. Really good stuff. Yeah, really good. He's just so plugged in. He's my guy. I was was going to selfishly ask him about the future of the Bulls, but I already know where that's (laughs) heading. Get to the playoffs. 
Meet meet maybe Giannis and the Ime Bucks. You, maybe you get Ime Udoka. I would kill for him. He could get he yeah, could get Vooch, Vooch to play defense. Could I mean, you imagine? I don't know that anybody could get Vooch to play I don't defense. Know, man. People I don't know. Didn't, <laughs> people didn't think so. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.